0: Um, allows us to to move out of uh, our homes on a more safe basis. The problem that I have, and the question that I have, is there are industries in this country that are really ill suited to the social distancing world. Uh, the obvious professional sports, college sports that's that's obvious. Uh, another thing is you know restaurants. I mean these are high uh, low margin businesses. Like they need all their tables, and When how are we going to have restaurants thrive if people are keeping their distance from each other? But I I think it's going to end up with a lot of masking that is not something Americans are used to, especially in the big cities. It's going to be a lot of distancing that Americans have never been used to. Uh, But I think that we're going to end up perhaps with a culture in response to illness that looks more in the way Southeast Asia has reacted. You know, I I did this... um... Remnant
1: podcast with uh, James Pethacukas, my colleague at AEI, and we were talking about this.
2: That's actually great to know how to pronounce his last name because I've been reading him for a while and I just go P and then I trail off.
1: <laughs> it, uh, you, you also just call at, at AEI. We basically just call him Jimmy P or Hey You. But um, <laughs> uh, you know, we were talking about this. You know, the the committee to save the economy or to open the economy guy team and um it's uh and it inspired me to write this somewhat long weird piece for this, that's on the website today um about how we could stumble into a new new deal if this goes badly um you know regardless of whether or not donald trump has the authority or the ability which are two different things um to reopen the economy if he goes out and claims that he has, you know, which and he has this tendency to do sort of a headline on a press release as substitute for policy stuff, you know, where he just announces that he's done something and that's a substitute for actually doing it. Um, if he announces that he's reopened the economy, a lot of people will follow his lead. And if enough people do it and he's right and we've had a, we got this thing under control, It'll be great for him, right? I mean, he got America moving again. He'll take credit for it. And in politics, that's fair game. If he's wrong, if millions of people leave their homes and start getting together and going to NASCAR and Trump rallies and you get some super spreaders out there and we are in a worse shape in terms of the pandemic than we were before, he will get blamed for it and for the economic crash that will come with that in ways that you can't blame him for for this stuff right now. And, you know, you can't blame, you can, you can say he didn't do everything he could have and he did, hasn't been as good as he claims to be and all that kind of stuff, but he's not responsible for this pandemic. If he sends everybody back out there, like if he blows the whistle and everyone charges out of the trenches into the machine gun nest of of COVID and you have really bad consequences for it, then he owns it. And um, And that's one of the reasons why I think this, the, the the committee thing is so weird is he's got no like normally what you would want to do is have as many stakeholders as possible on that commission so that both parties have buy in that you can spread the blame. You'll still get more than your fair share of credit. He's put his daughter and son-in-law, and you know, uh, what's his face, Wilbur Ross and Steve Mnuchin, on there. It's basically the Trump's ID commission, and um, and so if he gets this decision wrong, we're screwed, and he's screwed. And if that happens, you could see Biden winning, or whoever the Democrat ends up being, because who knows, uh, winning in a massive landslide that uh, gives. The Democratic Party all of the power they need to do what they've been trying to do for a century, which is have another New Deal. And I think the stakes of this politically and economically of, of Trump getting something like this decision right, I'm not even sure it's dawned on the White House the the stakes involved.
2: And just to have some uh, that was initial reporting on who would be on that council. Uh, that has changed somewhat, and the president. Oh, has it? Okay. Different people who would be on the council yesterday uh, during his Rose Garden uh, daily presser. Jeanine Pirro? <laughs> uh, the names that he mentioned, Jamie Diamond, uh Stephen Schwartzman, Tim Cook, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, was that the point of that
1: long list of names?
2: Well, there were several long lists of names, Jonah. Because <laughs> I started,
1: I, I really, I started to tune that thing out because I just, I, you know, I... I missed what it just sounded like a reading his phone log or something.
2: I would say, as of the taping of this podcast, we do not yet know who is on this council. Uh, okay, it's probably so I, the most I, fair accurate enough. way to phrase that. Um,
1: That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh,
2: Steve, I do want to make sure we leave enough time to talk about some of the governor overreach that you mentioned.